Hey, this is Brent Ingersoll from King's Church. Thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. I pray that this message you're about to hear empowers you, encourages you, challenges you, and equips you to live the life that Jesus has for you. Thanks for tuning in. I wanna just jump in really quick and I wanna give you a couple targets for your new year. I wanna give you some, a framework to operate on as we begin a new year. Now I know some of you are like, don't even start with the resolutions. I tried that last year, I weigh more than I did. Uh, I want to encourage you, it's a new day and a new year, and I particularly like the clean, fresh start that is January, and let's not miss an opportunity to, to step toward health. And how many of you have some desire inside of you that would say, hey, I, I would actually like to be healthier this time next year? Not just physically, but mentally, emotionally, relationally, in every single way. God's desire is for you to prosper even as your soul prospers in every way. He wants to bring health to your life. And, and if, if you feel that in your core, in your soul, that's because God put that there. Now I wanna encourage you on this beginning of a new year, to not ignore that longing in your heart that says, I could and want to be healthier than I am. And I wanna just give you some, some just encouragement as to how to set yourself up to be healthy and, and just how to trust that it is God's desire for you to flourish. Here's what I'm, I know is true. I've experienced some of it, some of you have as well, but I also know there's more for me to experience. God wants you to flourish specifically in this way. He wants you to grow fruit in your life, like overflow with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. How many of you would love to be more of those things this time next year? That's stuff that your, your, your gym membership and your new car and your raise and all the things of your life are trying to achieve for you that can't. But God, through his grace, can actually produce these things in us. And that's his desire for you this year. Did you know that God's desire for you and for me is that we would bear much fruit? That's actually his hope for you. And so you have the will of God on your side and you have a fresh start on your side and you have everything going for you to be more full of love, joy, peace, patience, or forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control this time next year. How many of you like to get some of that? Me too. Well, I want to give you a piece of advice and I want to give you some, a, a lens or a framework that I think is going to help set you up to succeed a little bit better than last year. Uh, if you failed last year, let me tell you this. It's not because you had poor intentions. And if you failed your resolutions or, or didn't go the way you'd set out for, it's not because you didn't want to enough or you didn't want it bad enough. It has really little to do with your desire. It has everything to do with your strategy and your plan. Uh, there's a guy named James Clear. I love his book called Atomic Habits. Anybody ever read that one? And in it, he talks about, you know, we don't fail to the level of our goals, we actually fail to the level of our systems or our plans. So I wanna ask the question really quick, how should you be thinking about and planning that you would be bearing much fruit by this time next year? What are we to do when it comes to bearing fruit? Well, good news, Jesus was basically asked that question, how do you go about the kingdom life? In fact, in Mark chapter 12, Jesus was asked, how do you summarize the whole Bible, the whole Old Testament? Someone came and said, how do you make sense of all of the Old Testament law and all the prophets? Can you dumb it down, Doc? 
And Jesus, by his kindness and grace, did. Look what he said. Here's what you need to do. If you're going to flourish, you're going to walk in all the promises and power of God, here's what you essentially need to do. It's, it's this. You need to learn to love the Lord your God. Say it with me. With all of your and with all of your, let's just tie that together. And with all of your, and with all of your, yeah, you need to learn to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, all your strength. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. So if you want to walk the walk and you want to live the life and you want to flourish the way that God wants you and desires for you to flourish and the way that you want to flourish, the, the trick, the trick is take the whole Bible and, and boil it down to this. If you can learn how to love God with your heart, with your soul, with your mind and with your strength, you will flourish. That's ultimately what we have to do. In other words, Jesus said, Learn to love God with your whole self. Now, what is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Someone, someone, someone knew that. It's like, all the kids are like, you're so old. I feel like I'm getting to that stage in my life where like my grandfather would laugh at Red Skeleton and like, uh, you know, the Three Stooges. And I remember being a teenager and thinking, it's not funny, not even at all. And now I find funny things that my kids don't get. Anyway, what is love? Stop. What is it to love someone? It's, it's more than a feeling. Oh man, stop. Uh, <laughs> all the brain bugs. Are, I'm trying not to sing it. Um, no, to love someone is more than a feeling. It, it's actually a lot to do with action, isn't it? Loving someone is about relationship, but it's about a relationship of trust, right? Care, enjoyment, sometimes romance, uh, passion, responsibility, reciprocity. Is that, is that right? Is that right? No, like you lost me at this guy. The, no, to love someone is that relationship. And you know, you know what it is even if you can't define it. And it's a very hard thing to define. And Jesus is essentially telling us, learn to relate to God in this way, to love him and have relationship with him that engages your heart and your soul. I'm putting these things together. I know some scholars and you can kind of parse these apart. But for us, what do I mean by heart and soul? What does Jesus mean? With your passion, with your being, with your, with your passion, your, your heart. Then he says, learn to love him with your mind, with your, your thinking. You engage him with your, your thinking. And then learn to love him with your strength. What's that mean? Action. What you do. And if you can holistically learn to love God, that's what brings ultimate health. Here's what short circuits us. And I want, you, I want some moms and dads to get this especially. Kids as well. Teens, you'll get this. What short circuits, short circuits our flourishing is when we focus on God through only one leg of the, of the stool where you, you, you have this heart-centric relationship with God that's very passionate and authentic. However, it's not grounded in the truth of the word. You haven't renewed your mind. You haven't engaged him with the truth of scripture. And you aren't being necessarily obedient because you don't necessarily believe the right things. What happens is when you only love God with your soul, with your heart, it leads to emotionalism, sensationalism. And often that's what leads to heresy. 
It's why churches can get off in the weeds. They were genuine in their pursuit of God, but they weren't balanced in it. And it leads to these, these problems. Does that make sense? Moms and dads, you getting it? If you have a head-centric relationship with God, well, what can happen? It can lead to intellectualism. Your, your relationship with God is just built on what you know. And you don't necessarily have any passion in your soul for him. You don't necessarily have to obey as long as you know the right things and say the right prayers, then you're just fine. It's actually called Gnosticism. It was a problem in the first century. It's still a problem today. But if you only love God with your strength, what is that? Some of you grew up in this. It's legalism. It's not grounded in renewed mind. It's definitely not grounded in a heart of love and passion for God. It's just legalism. It's I do, I do my best and I try my best and, and that's it. Real health, just get this. I want you to get this as you jump into this new year. Real health and flourishing comes from engaging and relating to and loving God with all of your heart and all of your mind and all of your... And to the degree that we can come at him holistically will be the degree that you start to flourish in the health and the fruit of the spirit that God has for you. Does that make sense? I saw, I saw a meme the other day. I think um, some of my friends sent it to me. We were talking about trying to get in better shape this year. And he sent a meme of a guy mopping with a mop in the ocean. And, and, it, and the meme said, me trying to exercise without changing my diet. Right? And it's, we know in our own physical health, it's multifaceted if you're going to get healthy. You probably have to sleep better. Am I stepping on toes? You probably need to eat better. And you probably need to exercise. And the same is true as it relates to your spiritual health. You, you have to approach God, not just with your heart, not just with your mind, not just with your strength, but with all of the above. And as you do that, the, the grace of God flows into your life. It, it, it comes, what, what happens is this. I want, I want to say this right. Health comes as the natural result of loving Jesus and being loved by Jesus. Can I say that again? Like, if you, if you hear anything today, health and flourishing, the fruit of the Spirit, the life that God has for you, it comes as the natural result of being loved by Jesus and loving Jesus. No more, no less. And learning to take your whole self in relationship with Him. In other words, true health is derivative of loving and being loved by Jesus. It's really quite simple, although it's challenging. Can I get an amen? It is hard, and it takes work. I loved, uh, anybody watching The Chosen? I can't recommend that enough. It is just great. It's not the Bible, but it is awesome. And it's based on the Bible, and it brings to color some stuff that you just read over in the Gospels, and you forget that these were real people with real lives. But there was this one scene on this new season they just had heard Jesus preach the Sermon on the Mount. Now you're seeing the disciples trying to flesh it out in real time. And there's this scene of one of the disciples, I think it was James, going to apologize to Mary for a way that he treated her. And, and he says in it, you know, I heard the word of God. He was stirred in his heart. And then you see him in action go and ask for forgiveness to her. And he says, you know, I have a lot to work on. And I thought, that's discipleship. It's not this pill that you take and all of a sudden you're perfect. 
It's this ongoing life relationship that we're working on our love relationship with Jesus. And as we learn to settle our whole selves more in his love and grace and goodness, that brings transformation. That's really good news. Your job is just to learn to love Jesus more and he's gonna do the heavy lifting in your life. Isn't that awesome? Take some of the pressure off. That said, you do have a part to play. You do have a part to play. We have to learn. Jesus said it like this. I'm almost done. Kids, you're being really good. I can't speak for the other sites. I don't care. I can't hear you. Um, John, John 15, Jesus said it like this. Remain in me, and I, as I also remain in you, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will what? Bear much fruit, but apart from me, you can do nothing. And that's the invitation this year. How can we remain in him? How can we abide in him? What strategies, these are actual things you have to do, family. What strategies can you implement in your life that will help you better remain in him throughout the year? That will dictate the level of health and power and peace and the fruit of the spirit you experience in your life. No more no less. The challenge for you is how well can you abide in him? Amen? Paul said it like this. I love this language, and we'll use this as we jump into communion. Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. So I've, I've aimed my whole self at Christ. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. So you see, he's He's resting in what? The love of Christ. Hang with me. And now look what he says. Now here's my job. I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness could be gained through the law or through my knowing or through my doing, then Christ died for nothing. What's he saying here? He's saying the challenge of my life is to keep grace in front of me. I love that language. I don't set aside the grace of God. Do you ever get caught doing that, believers? get finding yourself trying to justify your own life and work in your own strength. Paul says, the challenge of my life is actually to keep grace right in front of me. It's like when you're sitting at a table. Sometimes my kids set aside what we give them for supper. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want that. The challenge for you is can you remain seated and planted and rooted at the table of God, receiving the grace of Christ Jesus? If you can do that, and it is hard, but he will help you. But if you can do that, life will abound in and through you. That is the promise of God. Now, I want to give you a few, a few aims. Here's what you need to aim to do this year. Aim to keep your head at his table, to keep the grace of God before you in your mind. Meditate on his word day and night. Get in the word, soak in the word. Let the word get inside of you so that it comes out of you and that in every situation you have the weapons of the word of God and the, the fuel and the, and the satisfaction and the fulfillment that comes from the word of God. Aim to keep your heart at his table. Keep your soul, your passion. Romans says, never be lacking zeal. Never be lacking zeal. Do things that stir up your passion for him. Man, you kids are good. I could preach a whole sermon. I'm not going to, but I could. And then aim to keep your hands at his table. What do I mean by that? Like to stay engaged with your body, to, to, to apply your strength, to do the work, to abide. How many of you know a good marriage takes work? <laughs> I heard someone, yes. 
Yeah, it does. It, just, it takes effort. It takes consistency. And we don't always get it right. And it's the same in our relationship with God. It takes work. So we have some things on our website for you. If you go to our website, kingschurch.cc, you should see a little square that says Fresh Start. And in there, it's going to give you some helps and some tools for you to sort of engage your mind, engage your heart, and engage your hands so that you can abide in Christ better this year. You need to make some decisions. Now that we have a fresh slate and a new beginning, set some goals, make some strategies. Can I give you another pro tip? Uh, Don't make your goal uh, the product of the whole year. Just, Just make your goal daily things that you can do. Sometimes you like want to lose 50 pounds in one week. It doesn't work like that. You need to just shift your lifestyle ever so slightly so that over the next 12 months, you start to see changes. And the same goes with your faith. No, no one's asking you to be Mother Teresa tomorrow. What we are asking is that you take a step to engage God a little bit deeper and a little more intentionally so that you see the fruit of, that, that, of his grace come into your life. Does that make sense? Are you with me? So go to the website. You can find a bunch of ways. Uh, we're going to be launching our 21 days of prayer and fasting next Sunday will be the launch. We'll start Monday the 8th. Everybody say Monday the 8th. Yes, we're going to start it. I, would, I can't encourage you to do that enough. Uh, jump into that. It really supercharges your relationship with God in the year. Uh, so jump in on that. We'll be talking more about what fasting does next week. Uh, We have the Bible in One Year Challenge. If you've never done that, jump in. I just finished it yesterday. I'm glad I did it. I can encourage some of you. You need to take that step. Read the Bible in one year. There's an app for that, and we've got a group of people going through it. There's uh, there's one for teens, I believe, or kids. There's one for people that don't want to read the whole, whole Bible, but most of it. And there's the whole Bible as well. And then uh, we have some starts, some fresh step starts. It's a, it's a form that we developed and it helps you kind of approach God uh, through discernment and listening. I can't recommend that enough. Also, we have a family printable word. Families, if you go on there, there's a PDF. You can print it off and put it on your fridge and you guys can pray and ask God, God, what word are you saying over our family this year that you want us to hold on to? That's a beautiful practice to do. We've got Alpha that's going to be running. We have an online version. For those of you who are new to the faith, you want to find out more about Jesus, that's engaging your mind and your heart and your body by going to Alpha. Also, can't recommend enough. Get connected. Start serving. Uh, join a home church. Find some community. How many of you know that following Jesus is not a solo sport? It's not. You will be limited. The same, did you notice the second half of the great commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then the second is like it. It's connected to people. And the same is true for us. So join a home church, start giving, start stewarding. And we'd just love to talk to you too. So if you're at West, you're at Charlottetown today, Halifax, St. Stephen, you're online. Just click that thing and we will follow up with you and we'll help you take your next step. Okay, let's take communion. Let's jump in and start this year off in the right head space, the right heart space, and the right hand space. Let's do something that establishes us in the grace of God. That's what, that's what communion is. I'm going to invite you, if you're sitting with your family, kind of huddle up. I'm going to invite my kids and my wife to come join me on the stage. Uh, Andy, can I grab that mic? Huddle up, and we're going to take communion together. Thanks. Come on up, kiddos. Uh, moms and dads, if you want to help with these clunky things... Man, one of these days, I'm going to just pass one loaf of bread around and make you drink from the same cup. 
just, just because. It's going to be awesome. But not yet. <laughs> hey, bud. All right. So let's, can we open, our, open the elements? And what this is, gang, if you are new to Christianity, if you aren't a follower of Jesus, uh, we'd ask that you don't do this. But if you today can say, I want to follow Jesus, and I believe he, he is Lord, and I want his grace in my life, that is the only requirement you are invited to the table to receive this symbol of what Jesus has done for us and the table that he's invited us all to. So the Bible tells us that on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread. I do actually have a scripture, but my, my kids are blocking it. That's okay. Uh, no, you guys... <laughs> You want to read it? Sure. All right. You, you read it. Let's get this on here. And he took... Oh, wait till it's on. There you go. It's good. Okay. And he took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it. And he gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance for me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Amen. Hang on to that, buddy. Or actually, yeah, sure. So the bread represents the body of Christ when he was beaten and crucified. On our behalf, which means uh, that he took our place and he bore our shame and he bore our punishment and he made right our relationship with God. Uh, the Old Testament talks about atonement and he was our atoning sacrifice. And so the blood represents his body. And so break it and be reminded today that you have been forgiven, accepted, redeemed, restored, reconciled to the Father through what Jesus did for you. Take this and eat it and be thankful today. And the juice represents his blood that was poured out for us for the forgiveness of our sins, for the cleansing of all unrighteousness. And it's not just the, 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 the cleansing of our sin, but it is the promise of covenant. It means that God has grabbed onto us and what Jesus has done to reconcile us to himself, no man can ever break apart. That the covenant of God, that we have been brought into right relationship with him, and it's, it's actually built on the blood of Christ and the sacrifice of Christ. So how do you know that you're right with God? The blood of Jesus has cleansed you from all unrighteousness. Now today, as you take it, let it remind you about any regret you have in the past. Look back on what Jesus has, what his blood has spoken over it. As you take it today, any question or doubt or fear that you might have, let the blood of Jesus talk, like remind you his promise that if if God did not spare his own son, but gave him up, how much more also along with him will he not give us all things? If you have questions about whether God loves you or not, look no further. And then if you're scared of the future, just be reminded of who holds the future. And that if he was willing to die for you, you can trust him, amen? So take and receive this and be thankful. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to get you to stand to your feet. We want to pray a New Year's prayer as we kind of close this time. If you're with a family, huddle up. If you came alone, feel free to jump into one of our families. Nobody's alone today. We want to pray. 
and we're going to pray some blessing over us today. I'm going to ask Alex, can you pray for the kids? All right, so let's pray, everybody. Kids, Alex is going to lead us in prayer. Go ahead, pal. So just pray for this whole church and just give us a good day. Hey, amen. Amen. All right. <laughs> yeah, and Lord, we just stay here. Right here. We, Lord, we pray for families. We ask God for grace over households. We ask for grace over students. We ask for grace over our babies, Lord. We thank you that uh, we belong to you and that you're a good father. And so we bless you today and we thank you that your hand is on the families of this church. Uh, father, we pray for King's Church right now and all the individuals that, uh, that make us who we are. God, I pray your blessing, your favor over every person that calls King's Church home. We ask that as they endeavor to love you with all their heart, their mind, their strength, God, I pray that they would very quickly start to see the transforming power of your grace, Lord, that they would, they would actually want to know you even more and that through this year, God, there would be major, major transformation happen. God, I ask that for me. I ask that for my family. I ask that for my church family. Lord, we pray for fruitfulness, God, in Jesus' name. And Lord, we pray that over King's Church, fruitfulness in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray it over King's Church, Halifax. We pray be fruitful in Jesus' name. We pray it over King's Church, St. Stephen. Be fruitful in Jesus' name. We pray it over King's Church, Halifax. Come on, agree. Or, or King's Church, Charlottetown. Come on, agree with me. Uh, be fruitful in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray it over King's Church West. Be fruitful in Jesus' name. We pray it over the valley. Be fruitful in Jesus' name, Lord. Would people look at the abundance and the fruitfulness of King's Church and say there is a God and his name is Jesus. We give you this year, Lord. We seek you first and we trust you as our leader and as our Lord and as our King and as our Father. We pray, Lord, that you would have your way in us and through us in 2023. And we pray this in faith and all God's people said, amen, amen and amen and amen.